0: Welcome to Friendship with God. Today, Tom Cantor will continue teaching us from Genesis chapter 24, how Eliezer demonstrated his faithfulness to his master in finding a bride for Isaac. Now we need to demonstrate our faithfulness by becoming a committed follower of Christ. Now, we want to thank you for your listenership and your support of the Friendship with God radio program, and we also want to encourage you to be a one-time or monthly supporter of this unique Bible teaching radio program, and by you supporting Friendship with God, you will help to keep this Bible teaching radio program going on this station in your city. Now, you won't find any Bible teaching program on radio like Tom Cantor in Friendship with God, expository teaching out of Genesis that spans into every book of the Bible. Now, from the perspective also of a saved, born-again Jewish man teaching about the Jewishness of the Scriptures and the Jewish Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ. We would like to encourage you to donate today by mail or by going online or calling us now or after the program at 800 247 3051. That's 800-247-3051. Again, 800-247-3051. You can also donate online at friendshipwithgod.org. friendshipwithgod.org. And you can also mail in your support by writing to FriendshipWithGod, P.O. Box 711-330, Santee, California, 92071. Again, that's P.O. Box 711-330, P.O. Box 711-330, Santee, California. That's S-A-N-T-E-E, Santee, California, 92071. So again, Friendship with God, P.O. Box 711-330, Santee, California, 92071. Now let's begin our Bible study with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God
1: so conspicuous by its absence it's so meaningful it's as if eliezer is focusing the family i want you to see one statement i want you to focus on this unto him hath he given all that he hath that's what you need to see that's what needs to be in your mind don't get distracted by how he looks and what his personality like not even what his name is it's got a funny name laughter i mean you know. but anyway but don't get distracted by that focus in hone in on put before you this statement this is it Unto him hath he given all that he hath. As is it, He's saying his stature's not important. What's important is unto him hath he given all that he hath. His hair color, his weight, his, whether or not he's that handsome, that's not important. What's important is the only important thing is unto him hath he given all that he hath. As a matter of fact, even his name, that's not important. The only thing you need to focus in on is unto him hath he given all that he hath. He's like saying, I don't want to distract you. I don't want to distract you with anything else about him. I just want you to see the important point, that unto him hath he given all that he hath. And because of Eliezer's focus on that one point, the family gets the message. The message is, unto him hath he given all that he hath. That's the message. That's exactly what our Heavenly Father And our heavenly Eliezer, the Holy Spirit, wants us to see about the Lord Jesus Christ. It's it's just as there was one essential point about Isaac that Eliezer was driving and focusing for them to see. There's one essential point about the Lord Jesus Christ that he wants us to see without any distraction at all. And it's a verse I quoted earlier. It's a book, Colossians, where it says in verses 15 through 17, he's the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. By him, all things were created that are in heaven, that are in earth, visible, invisible, doesn't matter. Whether they're thrones, dominions, principalities, powers, all things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things, and by him, all things consist. See, the essential point about the Lord Jesus Christ is that he's God the creator that all things were created by him and for him. And he's in front of, he's the preeminent, he's before all things. The essential point is in Colossians 2, 9. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. All the fullness of the Godhead bodily dwells in him. That's what God wants us to focus on about him. Just as Eliezer says nothing about how Isaac looked or his temperament, we have no paintings of the Lord Jesus Christ, no description of his physical characteristics so that we wouldn't be distracted. What's important about the Lord Jesus Christ is who he is. He's the creator God and in whom dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And then the next verse in Colossians, after Colossians 2.9, it tells us how, because of this essential point, because of this point for which God has put no other distractions in our way, Because of this, it tells us how we are to get relief from whatever problem is troubling us. And so you put the two verses together, Colossians 2, 9, and 10, it says like this, For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and ye are complete in him. See the focus, from him to you. In him, all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, now you You complete in him, and then back to him. He's the head of all principality and power. So when we look within ourselves, we become depressed. That's the road to depression. Look within yourself. When you're introspective, when we are introspective, and we begin to analyze our feelings, let's see, what do I feel? And then we begin to analyze why, let's see, why do I feel this way? That's the downward road to depression. When we listen to psychologists who focus on how do you feel, and let me try to ask questions to get an understanding of why you feel the way you feel, you walk out of there depressed. But they will prescribe some drugs for you so that drug companies are happy. When we look within ourselves, when we look at our life situations, we see incompleteness incompleteness we see big gaping holes in our heart that leave us with a desperate feeling of emptiness and we feel so lost and we feel so without but colossians 2 9 and 10 tells us that in the lord jesus christ when we look at him we see christ in whom dwells all the fullness of the godhead bodily is there anything more complete than that and he's the head of all principality and power. And so it tells us, Colossians 2, 9-10 tells us, in the Lord Jesus Christ, there's no incompleteness like there is in us. In the Lord Jesus Christ, there are no big gaping holes of vast emptiness in his heart like there are in our hearts. The Lord Jesus Christ has no need to go to a psychiatrist to analyze what he feels and then to discover why he feels the way he feels. Because Colossians 2, 9-10 tells us, That all we need, all we need, and that's why we have this tremendous simple solution to all of our incompleteness in this simple statement, ye are complete in him. That's it. You are complete in him. In ourselves, we are incomplete in ourselves, and that leads us to depression and lostness. But in him, we're happy because we find our completeness in him. In ourselves, we're incomplete in our emptiness, but we're whole and complete in him. And just as Eliezer focused the family to this one point about Isaac at the end of verse 36, unto him hath he given all that he hath, so God wants to focus our attention in, for in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, from Colossians 2, 9. And then he is the principality of all power. And the Lord Jesus Christ is all that we are not. And the Lord Jesus Christ is all that we need. You know, about 30 years ago, my wife had a terrible depression. It went on for months. And you know what broke it? It was kind of interesting what broke the depression we were living out on lakeside when she went outside and she closed her eyes and just pointed her face for a long periods of time at the sun. And just the sun, the external light of the sun lifted her out of her own darkness. We have darkness inside of each one of us. And when we look within ourselves, we go deeper into our darkness. But by us giving that Eliezer focus on who the Lord Jesus Christ is, God is showing us how he will lift us out of our darkness into his light. And another way to put that is that in Colossians 2, 9 through 10, another way to put it just to summarize what it's saying there is to say it like this. Everything is in Jesus and he is everything to us. Everything is in Jesus, and he is everything to us. So just as Eliezer knew that if the family grasped that one point about Isaac, in the end of verse 36, unto him hath he given all that he hath, that they would have gotten all they need to know. And so God knows that if we just grasp this one point about the Lord Jesus, that in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and he's the head of all principality and power, then we will have gotten all that we need to see. And what we need to see is is you are complete in him, Colossians 2.10. Now we see in verses 35, 36, 37, 38, 39, how Eliezer speaks of Abraham as my master. He speaks of Abraham as my master. As a matter of fact, when Eliezer is speaking to the family, he only refers to Abraham as my master. He never refers to the family. When he's speaking directly to the family, he doesn't call him Abraham. He just calls him my master in those verses. And by using that term, my master, Eliezer is not just referring to Abraham as his boss, but he's not just saying that Abraham is the leader of his work, but by using this term, my master, Adoni, Eliezer is saying that Abraham is the leader of his heart. Because Eliezer has started his speech in verse 34 by introducing himself simply as, I am Abraham's servant. And he moves on in verse 35 to explain about Abraham, to talk about Abraham and see that how all has come from God, the blessing of God. And then he goes on to verse 36. And we see how Eliezer's heart is joined now as he's describing us in Abraham's dilemma. Abraham's dilemma has become Eliezer's dilemma. And in verse 36, we see here Eliezer is feeling this anxious concern on the part of Abraham and Sarah of going through their lives with no children, no child, no son to inherit it all. And then he's saying, Eliezer's saying, I was with Abraham and Sarah in heart, in their anxious concern now, as they say, where's the bride going to come from? For Isaac. And so is painting for us a picture of what joy there was when the son was finally born in Sarah's old age. And he was saying here, that was my joy too, their joy and my joy, because he's leader of my heart.
0: Tremendous teaching from the Old Testament, and we'll get back to Tom Cantor and the Friendship with God radio program here in just a moment. We want to encourage you to get some of Tom Cantor's resources, as well as go to our bookstore that's online. You can find our bookstore and our resources, many of them for free and some for purchase at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org. While there, you can also sign up online at friendshipwithgod.org for Tom Cantor's daily devotional verse that will come to your email or to your phone. So sign up at friendshipwithgod.org. And also, you can donate to support this Bible teaching radio program with an online donation through our website, friendshipwithgod.org. Just click on the donate button. Help support this Bible teaching radio program with Tom Cantor and Friendship with God staying on this station in your city. We need your support. So donate online at friendshipwithgod.org.
1: And Eliezer is saying that he is with them in, in this great relief when the son was born. Now he's telling them that He's given all that he has to the son, Abraham has, and now he's saying that Eliezer saying, and I was right with Abraham in full heart agreement to give everything to the son. And again, as Eliezer says to the family that there's this anxious concern to find a bride, Eliezer is saying to them that I let Abraham's anxious concern infect my heart. I just opened my heart to Abraham's anxious concern, so now it's become my anxious concern. So as Eliezer is explaining this to the family, he's not like a sterile newscaster reading off a script. You know, it's something you know today a massive earthquake uh, hit the coast of uh, Indonesia, huge tsunami that destroyed many people. He's not doing that. is <laughs> like the newscaster. He's into it. He's deeply, emotionally concerned. He says, just today, a massive earthquake struck Indonesia. Many people were destroyed. That's Eliezer. He's that way. He's so involved. And he's reporting this because he's entered into a oneness with Abraham's heart. And he speaks to the family. And as he's speaking to the family, the family's looking at Eliezer. And they're beginning to say to themselves, I see a transformation taking place here in this man. I'm not seeing Eliezer anymore. I'm seeing Abraham because there is a slow transformation from the person of Eliezer to the person of Abraham because it's the way that Eliezer explained to the family what happens that the family begins to think that it's funny he didn't tell us what his name was I'm seeing Abraham here that's why his name doesn't appear in the chapter is because Eliezer as the faithful servant he's so entered into the heart of Abraham and when he speaks others see Abraham freeze that picture in your mind. Just freeze that picture in your mind of how Eliezer has so entered into the heart of Abraham that others see Abraham in Eliezer. Because that's our picture. That's our example of how we are to be a faithful servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. Just as Eliezer, he took time, he took thought to enter into the heart of Abraham with his only son that he gave everything to. So we're to take time. We're to take thought to enter into the heart of God the Father with His only begotten Son that He gave everything to. Eliezer took time and he took thought to enter into his heart so that he let the concern, Abraham's concern, become his concern. So we're to let God's heart of concern enter our heart to find a bride for His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. So that when we explain the gospel to others, we're like Eliezer. We're not just reporting sterile facts in a monotone, expressionless manner, but we're saying God has only one son. He's got only one begotten son. He's looking for a bride for a son. And people can sense the greatness that has been put into this person and the anxious concern that there should be a bride. And he says, and this bride, if they believe, they won't perish. They'll have everlasting life. And so, like Eliezer, to have so entered into that concern that when we explain the gospel, it's like God is explaining the issues through us, and we just kind of disappear. And people say, "You know, I see God speaking through that person." And when we speak, it's like about God the Father and having an only Son. There should be a smile on our face. That's great. You to everything to Him. We speak about God seeking of uh, believers' concern as we reach out and reach out. And when they look at us then it should be 2 Corinthians 5.20. Now then, we as ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, in the place of Christ, be ye reconciled to God. So with his heart so involved in Abraham's concern, Eliezer then tells the family in verse 37, my master made me swear, saying thou shalt not take a wife to my son of the daughters of Canaanite among whom I dwell. So he's saying, my master made me swear. Now we can see here that Eliezer made this oath, but it was with his will. It was not against his will. It's not like, you know, my master forced me to do this and I hate being here and I especially hate talking to you and all these camels and everything. <laughs> he wasn't that way at all. Because see, the great commission that the Lord Jesus Christ has given us in Matthew twenty-eight, nineteen through 20, where he said, go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name, of the Father and of the Son, of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, lo, I'm with you always, even at the end of the world. See, that is not a suggestion. That is not an option for us. That's a command. That's a command that we are to take an oath to. That's a command of our master. I want you to make an oath to me that you will go, that you will teach, that you will make disciples. And just as Abraham asked Eliezer to make this personal oath, so the Lord Jesus Christ is asking us, make a personal oath to commit your lives to going, teaching, making disciples. So what we see here is that Eliezer, he's not ashamed of the oath he made. As a matter of fact, he starts off and he doesn't start off and say, you know, well, let me tell you what a sad sad sack I am. You know, I have the unhappy task of getting a wife for Isaac. That's on him. When he told about the oath that he had made to Abraham, he was telling them, that oath is like a badge. It's like a medal on me. It's a medal of honor, badge of honor. I love it, Eliezer was saying. I'm so honored to have been given this great responsibility to get a wife for Isaac. I wear that oath like a badge of honor. There might even be a chapter in some eternal book written about me someday. Who knows? (laughs) But that picture is how we are to see ourselves with our commitment to the gospel. It's an oath, it's a badge of honor to go and teach and make disciples. And then in verses 37 and 38, we see how Eliezer makes it very clear that he was expressly instructed that a wife that he was to get couldn't be from Canaanite had to come from Abraham's family. Abraham had lived among the Canaanites, and he's seen how he already exposed them. Abraham exposed the Canaanites to the true and living God. And he, in essence, saw the Canaanites say, No, thank you. We prefer our own idols and our own immoral lifestyle." So here, Eliezer is telling them that the first priority is that she must be a believer or become a believer. He's making that clear. How is he making it clear? Because Eliezer is coming on the scene here, and he's talking about the Lord. He's saying the Lord blessed his master Abraham, and Abraham's walking before God, and the Lord's sending his angels, and then he's talking about his own personal prayer to the Lord God, and then, if there's, in case there's any doubt, the family's going to watch him get, bow his face to the ground and worship the Lord God. So by all this talk about God and seeing Eliezer's devotion to God, the family's getting a very clear picture that to become a wife of Isaac is to become involved as a strong believer in God and a follower of God and something that, that would never fly among the daughters of the Canaanites. So it was Eliezer's life and Eliezer's speech that demonstrated to the family what it meant to be a committed follower of God. And that should be the way it is with us. That should be the way it is with us. When others hear us talk... Whether they watch our lives, they should see a clear demonstration of what it means to be a committed follower to the Lord Jesus Christ. And we can imagine maybe the family listened to Eliezer and looked at Eliezer's devotion to God and thought to themselves, now there's a man who really has a life of assurance. Now there is a confidence in him that's driving all this bold talk. I mean, he has blessed assurance. And it was Eliezer's confidence in God that just attracted this family. And that's the way it should be with us to be wholeheartedly committed to God, to display a confidence, to display a boldness. Even the world around us say, I don't believe, I'm sure that I don't believe what he believes, but I'm sure that he believes what he believes. (laughs) And that's important. And it's interesting, Eliezer next tells the family in verses 37 to 38, he told them he's been sent to Abraham's family for a bride. But now in verse 39 to 30, 41, Eliezer has told them about his private conversation with Abraham about if the woman is not willing to come. And we might ask ourselves, well, that was a private conversation between Eliezer and Abraham about the situation of the woman not being willing to come. Was that information that they needed to know? Why did he bring that out? Why is that important here? I mean, it's a private conversation. Why did Eliezer tell the family about that conversation? I mean, the question of the woman not being willing to come involved what Eliezer should do if the woman is not willing to come. You know, it's kind of like almost some secret information they talked about. Why didn't he just keep it to himself? I mean, why did he share that information openly with the family? The reason is instructive for us. Because by sharing that information with the family, Eliezer is making it very clear that the bride that's going to come, it's going to be a matter of choice. It's going to be a matter of choice, and he is under no obligation to force, coerce, or overly persuade the bride to come. Eliezer wanted to make it crystal clear. In fact, he even added something that Abraham didn't say. He said, you know, well, not only is the bride not willing to come, but if the family's not willing to send the bride, then I'm free also. Kind of invented that one. But it's along the same lines. It was because he's telling them it's not going to be because of Eliezer's will that this bride's going to come. That's a very important point for us to see. We very easily can push people into a sinner's prayer. We very easily can push people to make a decision to receive the Lord Jesus Christ. We can be so persistent that a person will say, this person's not going to stop unless I pray this prayer, and I want to get rid of him, so let me pray the prayer. And so to guard against that, we need to do what Eliezer did. From the outset, make it very clear, strictly a matter of your choice, of your will, I will go if you say no. That's what he was saying. By telling him the decision was not his and that if a woman wasn't willing to go or the family wasn't willing to send him, he's free from his oaths, he's telling them that I'm not here to force any matter. The gospel is a whosoever will invitation. And it's up to the hearers. God will find a bride. He's gonna do it. He made it very clear in Luke fourteen sixteen 16-24 as he described about the man who made the great supper and he invited many to come and then the one said, oh, I have to go with this. I just bought five oxen. I can't. I married a wife. I'm sorry. Later. And, got, and then came back and the man said, well, then go out and find the poor and the maimed and the halt and the blind. And they came in. And so the Lord will find a bride for his son. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much. For Eliezer's faithfulness, thank you so much, Lord, for how he was faithful by letting his heart become one with Abraham's heart. Lord, we pray that you would make us the same faithfulness and make our heart to be one with our Lord Jesus Christ, that when people look at us, they may say, that's really like Jesus speaking. We pray these things in your precious name. Amen.
0: Another great day of Bible teaching here with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. We want to encourage you to pray for our upcoming Summer Blitz campaign to reach lost Jewish people around the U.S. in 17 different cities. This is our fourth year of doing this, and we want you to be a part of it with prayer, but also to help us to reach lost Jewish people. If you have a lost Jewish friend that needs to be reached with the gospel, you can sign up for a free gift to send to a lost Jewish person at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org to have a Gifts sent directly to them or to have one sent to you to give to them. You can also donate to support Jewish evangelism and getting gospel gifts sent to Jewish people through our Summer Blitz and also through our website and supporting this program. You can donate online at friendshipwithgod.org, help continue this Bible teaching radio program and Jewish evangelism going. Again, donate online at friendshipwithgod.org or calling us at 800 247 3051. 800 247 3051. We also want to encourage you as Passover is approaching that Tom Cantor has outstanding teaching on the personal relevance of the Passover from Exodus chapter 12 and Isaiah 53. And it's all from the view and perspective of a Jewish born again saved Christian and from the Old Testament. It's tremendous teaching on the passion of the Passover lamb for the Jewish people and Jesus Christ for us today. And it's a great gift to give to any Christian at Easter time, and especially for a Jewish person searching for the truth and evidence of who the Messiah is at Passover time. So please call us now and get the personal relevance of the Passover teaching from Tom Cantor. For a donation of $20 or more, we'll get this to you, 800-247-3051, 800 247 3051 your donation will help support this bible teaching radio program stay on the air so give us a call for the personal relevance of the passover 800-247-3051